y'all, welcome to Ain't No Such Thing, where we tell original Southern horror stories. This is Amanda, and this time I'm joined by Jessica Hines. Hey guys. And Kevin Laporte. Good evening. And this week, we're starting a new series where we'll be discussing and investigating local myths and urban legends. This week is Crybaby Bridge. So Jess, tell us what you knew about Crybaby Bridge. So from what I know, you know, from what I've researched, I guess you could say, is officially, and when I say officially, I'm just going to say a Wikipedia version of officially. Um, uh, Crybaby Bridge is a nickname given to many bridges in the U.S. As a matter of fact, I think almost every state has a Crybaby Bridge. Um, most often, they are reflected as urban legend. And a lot of times it's with the sound of a baby crying. So, you know, you go over in your car over the bridge, you stop, and all of a sudden you start hearing the baby cry. Um, now, these stories come from all kinds of different uh, histories, legends, passed down from generations. So, for example, if you want to take one of the urban legends, you know, you can use the one um, in McAllister, Oklahoma, where a woman threw several babies over the bridge due to the fact that her babies were... A result of sexual molestation by the woman's father um, so you can kind of hit some of those as far as the urban legends but you know I have to say that you really can't just dismiss all of crybaby bridges for urban legends because in fact there are quite a few that are very very true um, and real life for instance you know you can take the one and I, I do want to cite my source um, Ken Summers from weekendweird.com had listed a number of true events that resemble Crybaby Bridge Urban Legends. So, for example, um, you know, you can even just use it in May of 1937, Myrtle Ward tossed her three-year-old daughter, Louise, off the Colorado Street Bridge in Pasadena, California. Um, you know, or you can use the one in February just in 2010, Mr. Abdul I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong, <laughs> Abdur Rahim, um, threw his three-month-old daughter off the Garden State Parkway's Driscoll Bridge near Sayreville, New Jersey. So there's just so many things as far as Crybaby is concerned and Crybaby Bridge. So that's what I've researched at this point. And you're right. There are seeds of this in reality all over the place, even local to us. We're outside Mobile, Alabama, near the Gulf of Mexico. And on the Dolphin Island Bridge in January of 2008, almost 11 years ago now, a Lam Luong, a Vietnamese uh, transplant, threw all of his children off of that bridge and killed them all. And it was a nightmare story locally. It made national news. This guy's back in the news recently even trying to get his sentence reduced from a, the death penalty to a life in prison. These, these are just nightmare stories. I, as someone who worked in the mental health field for the past 25 years, I'm aware of a situation. Of course, I can't name a name, but of a situation from the 1980s and also local to us in which a woman threw three of her small children off a bridge into the Alabama River, killing all three of them. And she was adjudicated not guilty by reason of insanity. Yet in all, those children died. So there really is some credence to people actually throwing their children off bridges. As incredible and as unbelievable as that may seem, it really happens. And... I, clearly feeds into the crybaby bridge myth. 
the story like that that comes to mind for me was out of South Carolina, um, Susan Smith, and she killed her two little boys, uh, and it was for a man. She she just wanted a new man who didn't want kids. It's like what kind of awful person does that? And there's so much bad energy in that. Gosh, it. You, you have to wonder how it. You know, couldn't connect to to real things. This legend. And the more we get into these types of stories, the more we learned about them as we looked into Crybaby Bridge. Myths and real stories about people killing their own children, throwing them off of bridges, driving them into the ocean. Themes of illegitimacy, themes of shame, themes of relationships going wrong in some way permeate all of these stories. The, the myths and the real, all too real news stories. But to kind of go off of that and, and you know, say, Amanda, you say, I don't quite understand these people. How can we do this? And, and you know, but it happens a lot. Um, it's not just, you know, crybaby bridges or throwing them off bridges necessarily either. I mean, it's, it's people um, that just snap, um, like Chris Watts, for example. You know, you try to uh, understand why he killed his two young children and his pregnant wife, but I don't know if you can put some understanding to that. And I can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's a ton of them out there. Um, and so I think we do need to kind of consider that as well. And so you can see where these real events feed these sort of collective conscience of society and all that underlies these myths. None of these things come from nowhere. They're all fed by real events, by real emotions, by real social values and social trends. And that's where myths come from. And the ones for Crybaby Bridge are so clearly influenced by these bizarre, ingrained social constructs like the ones that I mentioned earlier. So are they meant more to be like a cautionary tale or? I think we found a lot of them seem to be cautionary, but a lot of them also seem to be sensationalized versions of these stories based on all kinds of crazy biases on all kinds of false notions about the value of people and particularly the value of children who are nothing more than things to be thrown off a bridge when you want a new lover or when the lover you had doesn't meet social expectations in some way it's really nightmarish and it's far scarier than any of the things that we researched than any of the stories that we were told that we came up with when we were looking into Crybaby Bridge uh, phenomena around the country. But I think it's also important to point out the effect that children have on us. You know, okay, so we say this guy threw this other guy off the bridge. That's horrific. But when you think of a baby being thrown off a bridge, for some reason, my brother goes, whoa, you know, the innocence maybe. I don't know. Oh, the helplessness. Fine. Yeah. That Lamb Long story, when that was happening, you couldn't watch the news. It made me ill. And it was basically a way for him to get back at his wife. What a what a monster. Those monsters are everywhere, though. And everywhere. they're every shape, size, color, gender, you name it. It's all over the map. That said, let's talk about some myths, some haunts, some of the... 
lighter side of Crybaby Bridge, if you will. So let me start off with one from Pageland, South Carolina. Um, I had heard of a story of a mother and a baby driving home late at night, and it was in the 1940s. And they were driving along. She was very, very excited to get home because her husband was going to be home, and she hadn't seen him in a while. I think he was out of town. Um, and so she was driving, went a little too fast of the, of the curve near the bridge, and she crashed. And both of them were actually thrown from the car. So in that, of course, it's dark, she's searching everywhere, and she keeps hearing the baby's cries, but they start to get fainter and fainter, and then ultimately they stopped altogether. And so the myth and the legend is now that if you go and park your bridge, or I'm sorry, park your car on the bridge, you can hear actually both of them crying, because of course her heart was broken. And that's a little different than most of the ones we learned about, because most of the time it's just the baby crying. Right, So that's right. just one of the little eccentricities that you get with these everyone is just a degree or two different some are a little more different than the others but having the mother cry is definitely different what's interesting about that one is that in march of 2015 there's an actual story in salt lake city utah of a mother who ran off a bridge in icy weather with her baby in the car seat the car went upside down the water. The mother drowned in the water. The baby was suspended out of the water in the car seat and survived for 14 hours when a fisherman found the car, saved the baby, and she survived the whole experience in freezing weather and nothing but a flannel onesie. Wow. But eerily similar to the South very. Carolina crybaby bridge story. No. Whether that one's become haunted there in Salt Lake City because of the mother being killed uh who knows right but i read that same story from doylestown ohio and that same set of circumstances in at least three other towns when i was going through looking for um crybaby bridges um i did find one that was interesting because it was so different than all the others and uh the source i had was from Anderson, Illinois, and it was a, a bus accident, a school bus accident. The one I found was from Anderson, Illinois, and it involved a school bus that went over the bridge in icy weather, and the children drowned. And um, but the uh, the legend and haunt now say that if you are driving over the bridge at night, sometimes your car will will stop, and then the children will push your car to safety. Um, they don't cry, I suppose, but it was it was similar to the, the circumstances of a crybaby bridge, but they actually help you rather than try to frighten you. That is very different because there are even versions of the story in certain states of certain crybaby bridge sites where if you put your car in neutral on the crybaby bridge in question, apparently the baby comes and pushes your car and makes it move. <laughs> One of the more bizarre terms, but it's one that I heard about our local crybaby bridge phenomenon as a teenager. It's uh, just one of the many versions of that story, but we found those in, in, in several other locations around the country that that was one of the things that would happen. It's pretty weird. I, just the image of seeing a baby push a car, whether it's a dead ghost baby or a real baby, 
seems pretty <laughs> absurd. Hey, Kevin, can you actually tell us the local legend of Crybaby Bridge? So, you want to know about the local Crybaby Bridge? Yeah. For those of you that know us, or perhaps we've mentioned it on one of our casts before, we live in Fairhope, Alabama. I grew up across Mobile Bay in Mobile, Alabama. And the Crybaby Bridge local to us is in a little town called Saraland, off of a lonely, winding, weird little road called Calioka Road. Off of Calioka Road, there's an actual plantation that dates back to the 19th century, referred to now as the Oak Grove Plantation. Uh, growing up, people called it the Calioka Plantation because it was on that road. It is near a 90 degree turn in the road called Dead Man's Curve for good reason. A lot of people have died there. There's no lights on the road. Drunk teenagers have perished there many times, including classmates of mine. Three people that I knew in high school died there. Four of them in a small pickup truck, all drunk, missed the turn, hit a bunch of trees, and it was a real nightmare story. Only one person survived that. But as you go around Dead Man's Curve, probably a half mile, you'll come to Crybaby Bridge. It's a nondescript, boring little flat bridge. There's no covering, there's no arch. It's just a regular bridge over a little creek in Saraland, Alabama. When I was in high school, it was always talked about as this totally creepy, transcendent haunt experience where if you go park on the bridge, you can hear the baby crying underneath the bridge. And various teenagers told different accounts of the story where, as I mentioned before, if you put your car in neutral, the baby would push your car or if you got out of your car and went down the embankment on one side of the bridge or the other, you would see a lantern just hovering in the air in the woods. And that would be accompanied by the cries of the baby. So it was common practice for teenagers as sort of an indoctrination into teenage years in the area where I grew up for people to go there, get out of their cars, see if they hear the baby, see if they see the lantern. And you hear all kinds of versions of the stories with kids coming back, kids who had been drinking, kids who were just trying to get some attention, kids who thought they were funny. But in doing a little research, and some of this information comes from smalltownmyths.com, there's more to the story than this, and it relates to that plantation that's there. That plantation has been in a few B-movies over the years, horror movies, one called Dead Birds, starring Henry Thomas of E.T. fame uh, back in the early aughts. Linking the legend of Crybaby Bridge in Alabama to, to that plantation, the story goes all the way back to the 19th century when there's a owner of that home who's a specially cruel slave owner. He's also cruel to his wife. The wife gets tired of being treated badly, finds love in the arms of a slave, a seven-footer, a huge man, and this is 
all based on legend. I don't know how accurate any of these stories are. Well, they conceive a child in their in their affair. She's pregnant. The slave owner finds out about it, becomes enraged, takes the seven-foot slave, ties him to a tree, amputates his hands. He bleeds out, calling for his lover, wanting to see the child that he'll never see. Dies there, tied to that tree. The slave owner keeps his wife, impregnated by the slave's baby, trapped in the house in the Oak Grove Plantation where she can never leave to show the shame of a biracial baby of course at that period of time social values were different and that's pretty consistent with the other stories we've heard of illegitimacy and uh, different social values that fuel actual child murders do you know, just out of curiosity, do you know if the baby was also thrown off the bridge at one point? He drowned the baby in the creek. Wow. Probably he before sucks. there was a bridge. Yeah, he does suck. <laughs> uh, the real monster, the real scary person in this story, ironically, is not involved in the haunt legend at all. I don't want to see him. The haunts are the baby who was drowned in the creek. That's the one you hear crying. The lantern that you see levitating is from the slave searching for his child Aww. in the dark and the other haunt is one that occurs at the oak grove plantation where the wife according to the legend to this day lights candles at night throughout the house so that he can bring the baby back to her and they can be together God. It's a pretty brutal story. It's also the most elaborate crybaby bridge legend I think we found in any of our research. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. So, hey, do you guys know anybody that went to Crybaby Bridge? Well, actually, you both know somebody who did because I did. <laughs> you would. <laughs> That doesn't seem like something you would do. It doesn't seem like something I would do, but I did for some reason. Uh, in the interest of teenage boredom, 30 years ago, 1989, good year for you, Jess. <laughs> That's the year Jess was born, in case anybody's wondering. 89. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Forever. Or is it begin? <laughs> no, it's the original. <laughs> <laughs> In 1989, I was hanging out with some friends of mine, uh, Charles, Charlie, and Mike. And normally we were playing D&D, we were playing some video game, we were reading comics, lots of nerdy things like that. For some reason, somebody got a wild hair that night, and I don't know who, it's been decades at this point, to go out to Crybaby Bridge, which was, and to this day, is just 15 minutes from my mom's front door. I grew up very near there. Uh, where we were staying that night hanging out was probably 15 more minutes from there. So we made the long drive out to Calioca Road, around Dead, Man, Dead Man's Curve, to Crybaby Bridge, parked on the side of the road. Uh, a full moon that night, so everything was very clear, very easy to see, and a little eerie because it was a, a serious glow coming off the creek waters from the full moon. We walked down the embankment, eerily quiet. I was, of course, paranoid that the sheriff's office or uh, 
a cop was going to show up and run us off or you know, whatever. We were not out there to cause trouble. We were just bored and curious. So we walked down the embankment and you could see uh, several hundred yards in each direction down the creek, even though it was probably about one in the morning. Very quiet. I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. However, there are three bridges collapsed on that creek parallel to the actual crybaby bridge that's been there for probably since the early 1980s or late 1970s. It may have been replaced since then, just in terms of maintenance. But that was the creepy part to me, is that there were these old roads, old bridges, that probably went to the Oak Grove Plantation that had collapsed, and the remnants of them were still there, like Roman relics. So what if one of those is the the real crybaby bridge of legend? Right. That's something I considered... Um, it, who knows? But that was the eeriest thing about it. That and being in the woods in the middle of the night, it was a little cold. You know, you're getting, I'm six and a half feet tall. I'm getting slapped in the face by branches, trying to get through the, these thick woods. That's a very undeveloped area over there by the Oak Grove Plantation and Crybaby Bridge and Dead Man's Curve. And it was creepy, but I've never had a supernatural experience. I didn't have one that night. But it was interesting to go there and visit it. You know better than that. You're lucky you didn't get, you know, accosted by a killer redneck or something out there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of da- danger of those sorts of things there. Find but still. Didn't, incur- didn't encounter anything beyond that. But I can see where people would be creeped out, particularly if they're drunk, which is, I think, the condition of most people who went to Crybaby Bridge when I was a teenager in the 80s. Or particularly if you're superstitious and you are easily influenced by... The unknown by natural sounds that can get distorted in the night. If you're tired, anxious, etc. So definitely a, an interesting, weird experience. But I didn't see lanterns. I didn't hear babies cry. I wish I could report that I did. But I remain a skeptic. Wah, wah. <laughs> So I think that pretty well sums up what we researched, what we learned about crybaby bridge myths across the country. There are a lot more to talk about, but they're so close to the ones that we discussed, it's hard to distinguish them. I think we got the essence of it. One thing we were curious about was, are there any movies about crybaby bridge? Are there any books about crybaby bridge? Well, I went looking. Because the the subject fascinated me. I know it. uh, I've looked it up before we thought about doing this. I didn't really find much of anything. I tried again. I found a few books that were more vanity projects. Nothing really major. Um, It surprises me that this type of urban legend hasn't found more traction in... You know, in the in the pop culture spectrum, particularly given the real news stories that everybody's aware of. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it, it's good horror movie fodder. Um, the the only film that I could really find where I could find that the film had been completed and and was out there was called Louisiana Urban Legend Crybaby Bridge, and. Um, Unfortunately, it's not where I could view it. Uh, 
it had been in production for a while and it was screening at film festivals over the summer. Um, I found a trailer and it looked pretty interesting, so I'm going to try and find it when it's available. Um, but it's a, it's a short film. I think it's like 12 minutes long. We can link to that trailer in the show notes. Sure. And if y'all find it, the full version, please let us know. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to see it. So have any of you listeners had an experience with a crybaby bridge? We want to hear about it. Um, And we have a very active little Facebook group talking about horror and our stories. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash ain't no such thing. You need to come come chat with us. We're, We're fun. We hope that you'll subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're available at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. But if you can hit us with a positive review or a, uh, a five-star rating would be super nice. We love those. It helps our podcast grow, and it helps get us out there to a few more people. So I think that's it for us, and uh, we hope to see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Have a great week. Bye-bye, y'all. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.